the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we have another spoiler for you from the Feast of Hemlock Vale Investigator expansion that will be released in the new year. We are going to spoil Hank Samson's deck building options, Hank being the new survivor investigator who will be released in the Investigator expansion. I am joined by my co-hosts over at the Great Old Ones Gaming Podcast. If you enjoy the Arkham Horror LCG as well as RPGs, check out the link to the podcast in the description below. A big thank you to Fantasy Flight Games for the spoilers. They are greatly appreciated. Obviously, there are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before I get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock. If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Hank Sampson is the farmhand. He has three willpower, one intellect, five combat, and three agility. The assistant and warden trait. You may be assigned damage and horror dealt by to ally assets or other investigators at your location. And as a response, when you would be defeated by damage and or horror, instead heal all of your damage and or horror and swap this card with its bonded resolute version, either side face up, his elder sign effect is plus one, and uh, he has five health and five sanity. Any thoughts on uh, basic Hank? The ability to like take damage for anyone is pretty cool and obviously you know as we will discuss later on that that very much plays into what hank wants to be doing uh, so having that ability just on lockdown from the very get-go is really nice to have on on an investigator like this especially one with five combat that's that's no joke in survivor really when you think about bad. hitting something with a baseball bat you know but that's not that intellect oh my lord at first look he looks pretty fragile but then when once you read him, it's like, oh, he probably has more health and horror than pretty much any other investigator when you factor in that uh, that he flips yep. and then it, he heals everything. One thing to note about that, too, I was doing a little bit of digging around in the card pool this morning before we started recording. Uh, Hank can completely tank a Beyond the Veil for someone and then just shrug it off. It's just, just so hilarious. Right. Like it, it leads to really interesting situations. Like even if you think about cards like painkillers and smoking pipe, right? Like someone's sitting there with smoking their smoking pipe, and then Hank's like, "Ah, oh, can you, can you not, can you not do that?" Like, no, it's good for me. As we will see, Hank has a very guardian esque ability uh, on yep. his uh, on his basic version, where he can tank uh, damage and horror for other uh, allies and investigators. And then uh, once he's taken uh, enough to uh, to die, you will get a uh, the second version of Hank, and you have uh, two choices. So I'm curious to find out from you guys: Are you trying to kill Hank as quickly as possible, or are you going to try to hang on to basic Hank for a while and then have him die mid to late game, rather than trying to make the switch immediately? I think it depends on how you build them because if, if you don't have other ways to like his combat is really good so if you want to if you want to just put a bunch of cards that help you get clues 
you're pretty much set and you want to keep them like this if you're playing solo let's say try to keep them alive as long as possible and if you if you're killed and then you switch to one of his other faces cool no big deal but if you're playing with other players it really depends on the group makeup i think to answer your question man from like it to kind of go on vase's point i think it does really depend on how you decide to build him because as we'll see later on his other sides are really fragile and you have to kind of play around that i think it's it's similar to calvin in that aspect where calvin wants to take a good amount of damage and horror but then there's a point where he goes no 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 thank you and i think hank can be very much in the same way you know if if you're building for one particular resolute side you might be okay with staying on base hank for a while but if you're building towards the other one then you probably want to find a way to take a bunch of damage and horror pretty quickly and i think another question you have to ask yourself is are you taking an even spread like are you trying to take like four damage and five horror or are you trying to just quickly like take five damage also if you built hank with a lot of allies then you're not as you're not as worried about flipping them, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can still assign. You can't be healed. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you can still assign damage to your allies. Whereas, if you didn't build them with a lot of allies in mind, then you're going to hold on to that first iteration for as mm-hmm. long as possible. Because once you flip, like like Nate said, you're really fragile at that point if you don't have a way to mitigate that damage and horror. I was just going to say both of you brought up the. The, the concept of building your deck around one of the resolute side. I don't know why, but when I think about his main ability or his main stats and then what he turns into, I think of situational. Like, I would play him as his regular side with the deck built around him. And then if we see that we need more more fight power because the enemies are tough... No, I would then go that way, but if we need more clues, you know, or I need just a little bit more dexterity, maybe I would go the other route. So I agree that for the most part, you'd want to probably skew towards the way you've built him. But I would also say if I see that he's just really needed a, a different way, that way he'd be more of a reactive hero that you could morph into what the situation calls for. You know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? And I, I think to kind of a similar extent to mean from link's question is like how do you deal with trauma right like are you trying to actively take trauma so that you can transform even faster or are you trying to stave off trauma so that you can stay on hank's normal side for longer and i think that's kind of a question you have to ask yourself when you build a hank deck i think thematically though it's really cool right like hank is this investigator who looks first and then asks questions later and you know his his gameplay really kind of reinforces this, you know, do stuff now and think about it later. And you have this, like, gameplay loop where you're thinking about, do I transform into this side or this side? And that's really cool. That's something we haven't seen in an investigator before. Yeah, one of the reasons I, I asked the question is because uh, I know in, in some games I've played, if you have the intention of playing say you build your deck with the intention of playing with one or the other of Hank's uh, resolute versions, you may end up in a scenario where it's actually kind of difficult to kill yourself the first time. If you say he has three willpower, so he's pretty good at resisting 
traditional willpower treacheries. So you may not, you know, if you pass some tests, taking enough horror might be an issue. And if you run into enemies, obviously he's got the five combat so he can kill them. But if you don't draw any enemies, then you're not, like if you want to kill yourself, you could take a bunch of attacks of opportunity. That would certainly do it. But if you don't necessarily draw the enemies quickly enough, it might not be as easy to flip Hank as as it seems with his five and five. So once you uh, flip Hank, you have uh, the choice of uh, two bonded resolute versions. The first of those is the assistant. He is, uh, his stat line changes to three willpower, three intellect, four combat, and uh, four agility, assistant and resolute trait bonded to Hank Samson. You cannot be healed you may be assigned damage and horror dealt to ally assets or other investigators at your location. And as a response, when one or more horror is placed on you, draw one card. His elder sign effect is plus one and you move one horror from Hank Sampson to an asset you control. He has four health and six sanity. Thoughts on the resolute or the assistant version of uh, Hank? I think any investigator would kill to have that stat line. Super balanced stat line, really mm -hmm. strong. Dark Horse is gonna boost him to a godlike level. <laughs> yeah, Dark Horse seems really good yeah. in a build like this. Yeah. Yeah. He also gets the ability to draw cards, which is really Huge. useful in Survivor because they don't have a lot of ways to draw cards. They have a lot of ways to recur cards they've point. already drawn. Yeah. But if you need new cards, that's actually kind of a challenge in Survivor. You know, getting that extra couple of card draws could be pretty useful, too. Yeah. Uh, six Sanity is... It's enough. It's probably yeah. going to be enough, especially with the five that you already have on you your base You've already form. taken, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're really at 11. <laughs> yeah. If you choose this side. That's yeah. really, really good. And nine health, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's a lot. He's very tanky. But yeah. that comes with the caveat that you can't be healed once you're on your resolute side. So you have to, you know, be careful with the sorts of, you know, skill tests that you're going to take. But I think it's it's interesting because Hank can kind of lean into, you know, more risky skill tests, right? He he might be willing to take a, a Rotting Remains at plus one over plus two because mm -hmm. he's kind of okay with taking an extra horror so that he gets to his resolute side a little faster yeah. whereas once once you're on this resolute side now you've you have those extra cards that you saved from those previous skill tests because you didn't commit them earlier but having also, three intellect on a survivor is pretty good too that is really good and you can build around that so what we were talking about earlier like if you're if you built around lots of skill cards that give boost your intellect or cards that'll help you get more clues then you can you can try and get to this sooner and you know take leverage those those type of cards and not worry so much about combat because your first face initially you had a five combat so you were able to get by and then now in the later half of the scenario focus on getting all the clues and investigating mm -hmm. after you've killed enough creatures earlier you mentioned smoking pipe i think painkillers would be great here even though mm -hmm. you can't heal the damage you can deliberately just take a horror just to draw cards by using the smoking pipe as a free action i mean not mm -hmm. um that smoking pipe the painkillers just pop those painkillers 
they don't do anything to Hank, but <laughs> he draws cards, you know? <laughs> Which could so, be useful, you know? You're turning yeah. a, a card that is kind of already useful in Hank into a draw three? That's not bad. For one resource. Yeah. yeah, and if you if you combine this with the uh, Sparrow Mask, which was also uh, spoiled um, during the uh, Feast of Hemlock Vale preview article, you can take a horror and the uh, you can trigger both his card draw and the Sparrow Mask to get a boost on a future mm. uh, future skill test as well. So you can double dip. Yeah, as the as someone who plays predominantly solo, this is the uh, the, the version of Hank that I was immediately drawn to. Having that stat line is pretty amazing. One of the issues you often run into when you're playing solo with survivors, they tend to have average to below average intellect, so you have to spend a lot of your deck slots just trying to get clues now fortunately survivors have plenty of ways to do that with cards like old key ring and flashlight and look what i found and lucky and stuff like that but having to build around that weakness gets kind of tiring after a while because you have to play basically the same cards in every survivor deck to make up for that that weakness hank you have i think a few more options to explore if you were to flip fairly quickly you could actually have a chance of just finding clues with his three intellect so you can you know put different cards in your deck to explore other options of hank and obviously having the four combat is is fantastic you're starting off with five you can kill enemies and then even when you flip you can you still have a pretty good chance of killing enemies and with four agility you the ones you don't want to kill you have a pretty good chance of evading them, which I tend to use a lot in uh, when I'm playing solo because evading an enemy once and getting rid of it is a lot more efficient than spending two or three actions to try to uh, to take it down. As long as you can stay ahead of the enemies, mm-hmm. you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and I, I think in most cases, in most Hank decks, you're probably looking at either... Peter Sylvester or Jessica Hyde to kind of compensate for the fact that you don't have healing on your resolute side. You know, they can kind of take the brunt of the damage for you while while Hank can take whatever he wants to take. Like in this case, he wants to take a bit of horror so that he can draw some extra cards. And you can use Peter to kind of stave off whatever you don't want to take. And then, you know, Peter also gives you the agility boost. So like you really have like a five at that point, And that's usually enough to evade whatever you want to evade yeah and the nice thing with peter is that say you get hit for two horror peter can take one and heal that at the end of your turn and then hank can take the other and then you're just one elder sign away from dumping that horror back on peter who will then heal it away so Mm -hmm. you can manage your uh your sanity that way and not uh as long as you can get an elder sign and I think in a game, you know, typically you might get one or two, depending on how lucky you are. Of course, mm-hmm. if you're Nate or Vase, you're never going to see an Elder Sign. So that doesn't really work when they're playing. But Wrong, uh, wrong. That's why Father he plays Mateo, so he yeah. can explicitly <laughs> see at least one per game. <laughs> yep. Guaranteed, my friend. Yeah, so I, I think it raises an interesting question is, do you play Peter to 
give you kind of more leverage in how you draw cards or do you play jessica because you're afraid of taking a bunch of damage and i think that question really comes down to what campaign are you playing because in a campaign like insmith you might want jessica because that campaign deals a crap ton of damage out but in something like carcosa you might want peter because that campaign is notorious for dealing 99 horror to you so yeah i think it really depends on on the campaign I feel as though, and, and I think it depends on the campaign and whether there's a lot of treacheries that have the potential to deal damage. Mm-hmm. With Hank having, say, five combat at first and then four later on this side, I think you can either kill most enemies or evade most enemies, especially if you've got Peter adding you know, another agility. And then of course, Hank can play the track shoes to get another to and, uh, and boost his movement. So you can basically stay away from the enemies. So it really depends if you're, if you're getting tagged by damage from treacheries, that's a threat, especially. And of course, direct damage is awful Mm -hmm. for Hank. That's like your worst case scenario is then you're, you've got to be exceedingly careful. Mm-hmm. I know he can't be healed, but is there some kind of trick or workaround to clearing damage or sanity tokens through any means? No, I don't think so. His signature card does let you move damage and horror from yeah. Hank to to an enemy. So he does always have that in his back pocket, but yeah, it's pretty much like once the damage and horror is on your resolute side, it's not going away. Yeah. Okay. Well, and and also that signature card um, letting you move damage to an enemy, you have to be engaged or you have to be in a location of an enemy. If mm-hmm. treacheries are dealing this damage and there are no enemies, what are you going to do? Right. And you have to pull that card at the right moment. It's or really have it in your hand make... waiting. Yeah, it's hard to make that one work. So, yeah, like like Nate said, it's... Once it's on there, it's going to be really hard to get rid of. Yeah, I'm going to uh, spoil his backside a little bit here, but but Hank can play a card like I've had worse level 2 to cancel the damage before he takes it and get resources out of the deal. Mm-hmm. He can also play Ward of Protection. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to deal with a treachery, you can just cancel it outright mm-hmm. for a horror. So on this side, you know, if you're playing this version of Hank, canceling something that potentially deals damage to you for a horror is not uh, not a terrible idea mm-hmm. the the hard part with hank is you're really building for two separate completely separate play styles your initial face is so different so if you have something like water protection on this on this face it's great because not only do you prevent the treachery from happening you're also going to draw a card because of his ability because you're taking the mm-hmm. horse so you're drawing a card it's really good i mean water protection is always a good card so even if you have to use it on your other side but there are other cards that may not be as useful i don't know i i feel like sometimes you may be drawing more dead draws initially if you're building towards a particular side of hank um if you got cards specifically to work with one of his different sides it's going to be you know, really difficult early in the game when you're pulling cards that are not as useful. Mm-hmm. So, for example, let's say you you're gonna you're committed to playing the assistant side, where your intellect gets bumped up to three, and you get a lot of cards that help boost intellect to help you investigate. When you're on your initial side, your intellect is one. No matter how many cards you have to boost that intellect, at best you're getting to average by boosting it. You know, 
-hmm. So those cards are dead draws until you flip his side. So you're going to have to really figure out your strategy going into any given scenario. And going in blind, it's going to be even harder, but you have to figure out your strategy. Do you want to flip them quickly or do you want to build your deck to support that first face for a little bit as well as the second face and maybe dilute the deck a little bit, you know? It's mm -hmm. kind of an interesting conundrum building for this guy. I think that sort of should lead us into the, the other resolute side, right, Cameron? Yes. Uh, Hank Sampson, the Warden, has four willpower, one intellect, six combat, and three agility. So our first uh, our first investigator in the game sporting a, uh, a six uh, in any stat, I believe. And uh, six combat will uh, certainly go a long way if you're fighting... Uh, fighting enemies, enemies with uh, average uh, fight values, you're already three up before the poll, so that's uh, that's not too bad. Warden and Resolute traits bonded with Hank Sampson. You cannot be healed. You may be assigned damage and horror dealt to ally assets or other investigators at your location. As a response, when one or more damage is placed on you, you gain two resources, and his uh, Elder Sign effect is plus one. Move a damage from Hank Sampson to an asset you control, and his uh, health and sanity are reversed. So he has six health and four sanity in this case. Thoughts on uh, on Hank the Giant Killer here? Uh, this was the, the resolute version of Hank that I initially was drawn towards because, like, six combat is a lot, right? And you're thinking, like, most Guardians... Like, they have a weapon that gives them another plus three. They're rocking, like, a nine, ten, eleven, twelve, maybe even. But survivors don't really have a lot of weapons that, like, give you a big combat boost or a big damage boost. So you you kind of need six in some regard. Like, some bigger bosses, you're going to... It'll still be a challenge, I think, to kill them. Because, you know, survivor's damage output isn't... Is not guardian damage output, simply put. So the six, I feel, is pretty nice, and you maintain that one intellect, so I think it makes your deck building a bit more streamlined, mm -hmm. where you're thinking, okay, I'm going to always have one intellect, I'm never going to concern myself with investigating in a traditional sense, I'll forego that entirely and focus much more on combat. And I think four willpower is also really really big yeah with, with having three. only four sanity the four willpower gives him a little bit uh, of resilience against you know say even a typical rotting remains mm -hmm. you're four versus three and you're likely going to be packing cards like guts at least to try to boost yourself up so you don't get you don't accidentally get uh, tagged by three horror especially mm -hmm. if you're like early in the game and you haven't gotten a, have any allies set up to to potentially soak that for you yeah i agree with nate this one is definitely more streamlined as far as deck building if you're if you're playing in a team and you're going to be like the the tank and the guy that's fighting the the enemies then it's much easier to build a deck around this face because like like you said i mean you're already starting with a pretty good combat score on your other face so when it flips you're just getting stronger and you're just doubling down on what you've already built for, which is combat. Mm -hmm. and, well, and his worst, his worst combat stat at any point is a four. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So <laughs> it's still pretty good. But you know, going back to the assistant one, like you're probably not building that deck if you're gonna if you know you're going to the other phase, the assistant phase. You're not going to build that deck fully for combat. Whereas the 
warden one, you more than likely are. Like you're mm-hmm. you're really hyper focused. I think the other face is definitely better for playing solo. This face is very this hyper focused. This face feels like you grab a sledgehammer and you just yeah. bash the shit out of everything that comes into your way. Yep. Which I, I think would be pretty satisfying personally. But that's kind of where I was at. Vase is like this is streamlined. Like it, it feels like a natural path for the deck to take. Whereas when you build for the assistant side, you you are kind of having to really consider like when am i going to investigate there's a lot more i think there's a lot more forethought that you have to put into a deck like that it's definitely doable and i think i think like nathan had said earlier is that what's cool about hank is that you you get the flexibility for free right right? where like maybe you're playing in miskatonic for example and you go to the museum right there's only one enemy in that scenario so it's like maybe you go to the assistant side for that scenario and you play on that side where the four combat is probably going to be enough, right? And then you you happen to also get the ability to investigate every once in a while, right? But then you play, say, another scenario that has a ton of enemies and then you go to the warden side and now you're ready to kick some ass. And that, that flexibility is really nice. And it, it it is kind of a struggle on which do you build for generally. Do you build for the assistant side and try to go that route like you know man from lang was saying maybe in solo you do that but maybe in three four player you're going more towards the warden side and you're you're trying to mostly kill enemies you can also do a hybrid build right between the two mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, i think that the assistant side you should be uh now wearing glasses or holding a book and i think on the other side uh, he should be slightly green, like Lou Ferrigno. I mean, hear me mm. out. Now, um, in Spirit Island, if anyone has played that um, board game, you play as the spirits uh, fighting against the colonists that are trying to destroy the land. So it's kind of the opposite of Catan, kind of mm-hmm. a Moana feel. And in the second, or pardon me, the first expansion for that called Jagged Earth, there is a spirit called Stars Without Form. It starts off weak, but with every ability. And as you play, you get to trim stuff away that you don't need. So if you need something that's more offensive, you trim away the utility and the defensive, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that's who, when I read Hank and his ability to shift his stats and kind of, once again, just to what you're needing at the time, you know, aside from Man from Lang's great point of, you know, being attracted to the solo side because it's got the even stat line. I do like the fact that you always have options. You know, you're not just stuck with the same stats when things go sideways and you get swarmed with creatures, or if clearly, even though you have a Kluver, or maybe the Kluver dies, <laughs> oops, mm-hmm. you're not strung out. You have options on how you can still best help your group. It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you might change your mind halfway through the scenario based on if someone went out earlier or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like that he's not super complex, even though it seems complex, you know, initially. It's just a quick, you know, flip. Like, there are some investigators that, like, take a lot of management and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. for Hank, I feel like, despite the fact that he, he is rather complex in terms of your deck building and all that, once once you start playing, it's pretty straightforward. It, yeah. it, he feels like one of those investigators that's really simple to understand, but really hard to master, mm. which is just, mwah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm. Well, let's take a look at uh, Hank's deck building options, which uh, 
hopefully haven't been spoiled yet. Uh, Hank Sampson the Farmhand has a deck size of 35, so slightly larger than the uh, traditional deck size of 30. His uh, deck building options are survivor cards, level 0 to 5, neutral cards, level 0 to 5, up to 10 other innate and or spirit cards, level 0 to 2. His deck building requirements include uh, his uh, signatures, stout hearted, wears paw, his uh, signature weakness, and one random basic weakness. Now, I had uh, in my preview video for Hank Sampson, I had him pinned as a. Uh, survivor slash guardian i thought he might have uh, access to survivor cards level uh what was it zero to two or guardian cards level zero to two um, primarily because he does have sort of a very guardian-esque ability now i did take a look at uh, some of the uh the uh, cards that uh he has available Give me a second. Yeah, as far as spirit cards go, he he gets a lot of interesting options in the spirit trait. I think yeah. the innate trait is the one that you you'll probably quickly find like three or four that you wanna you wanna include things like quick thinking. Um, let's see what else here. You've got like yeah. Quick so thinking. is uh, is as far as innate cards go, level zero to two, he's got in guardian. There's uh, cards like daring, which is obviously uh, pretty awesome. If you're playing with allies, you've got Inspiring Presence and then Steadfast. So those are three pretty decent skills. Right. There's also Helping Hand, but I think that one's a little more difficult to use. And, and Intrepid, which uh, I don't think sees a bunch of play. In Seeker, he has uh, Curiosity Eureka, of course, which is a pretty amazing card. Fey, uh, level one, which is a curse card, so Hank's probably not playing with that. And then, of course, you've got Inquiring Mind, so if there's a skill, if there's a clue at your location, there's three wild skill icons, which is uh, pretty awesome. In Rogue, there's Cunning, Manual Dexterity, level two, Nimble, both levels of Opportunist, Quick Thinking, and Savant. Obviously, the, the strong one here is Quick Thinking, so he can get some extra actions, but... Uh, Savant, uh, level one in uh, the balanced tank, that's uh, three extra wild skill icons for a total of four, which is uh, pretty hard to uh, to turn your nose up at. Mm -hmm. Mystic cards, there is Accursed, which is one of the cards that was spoiled for the Feast of Hemlock Vale. It just happened to be up on Arkham DB. I believe that deals with curse tokens, so Hank's probably not all that interested in that. There's both levels of Defiance, again, probably not playing those. There's Fearless, which I believe heals horror, so he's not playing those. Uh, Ghastly Possession plays around with, is from uh, the Scarlet Keys and plays around with Doom. He's probably not playing that. And then there's Guts Level 2, which uh, if you are concerned about passing willpower skill tests... Uh, that could definitely be uh, a big boon. So as far as innate cards go, there aren't, I mean, I think most, if not all of them are skills. So the ones that really stand out to me are like Daring and Steadfast, Inquiring Mind, Quick Thinking, and uh, Savant and Guts Level 2. And then, of course, you've got all the, there are many, uh, many innate cards that are survivor cards, but he gets those anyway, so 
you don't mm-hmm. have to to worry about those. Yeah, so Savant is the interesting one, I think, of of the lot. It's like if you plan to play more of the warden side of Hank, then Savant is probably not worth it, especially because it's basically just unexpected courage on his base form as well. But if you plan to go more into the assistant route, Savant becomes really good. And you're you're probably considering that more. And that's like kind of a really interesting aspect of Hank is like just cards like that become really like the value of them vastly differs between your base form and your resolute form. And that's yeah. wicked cool. Yeah. I mean and you've got a card like Eureka as well, which is I mean, it's one of the best seeker cards in the game and the fact that Hank can commit that and then search his deck for something. I mean, at that point, you could almost even get away without having to play, uh, you know, that weapon tutor. Mm. If you've yeah, got Eureka think... able to search your, you know, top three cards of your deck for a weapon if you if you need it. Daring, I think you get to add your agility to your uh, your combat, which in Hank is... Uh, Daring just gives you a flat three wild icons. just flat three? Yeah. So you can you can use it with his already amazing combat or use it to evade something. Yeah, so there are some very strong skills with the ama- with the innate trait, but uh, there aren't a great uh many of them in Guardian Seeker Rogue or Mystic that uh that uh, Hank will be all that interested in. Now, if uh Hank also gets spirit cards level 0 to 2, most of which are guardian cards, which we will uh, look at in a second. There is one seeker card with the spirit trait, that's Ghastly Revelation, which Hank won't be playing. That's the one where you can basically be defeated and drop all your clues. And mm, I don't know. I, I could see a situation where you play that, right? It's like if you're already going to die, you have no way of healing anyway. You're like, yeah, screw it. And you take the trauma, and it's like... Taking trauma might play into your game plan. I don't, I don't know. I, I could see it. I wouldn't be like super excited about it, but I could I could definitely see a situation where you might something like that because you're trying to like actively take trauma so that you can maybe play desperate cards and you're right. playing like desperate cards and this and you're trying to always like kind of have that engine online. Yeah, Hank is definitely interested in the uh, the desperate suite of skills from uh, Echoes of the Past that were reprinted in the Panzer Carcosa Investigator expansion because you can trigger that pretty damn quickly if you only have either four health or four uh, four sanity. In Rogue, we have I'm Out of Here, which is uh, an interesting option. There are certain scenarios that are completely nerfed by I'm Out of Here, so that might be something worth considering if if you uh, need to resign. Reastrat is a curse card, probably not in uh, Hank's wheelhouse. There are a couple in Mystic. There are uh, both levels of Eldritch Inspiration. Hank's probably not interested in those. Meditative Trance, I believe, heals, which he won't be playing. Uncage the Soul. Uh, Hank's not playing any spells, so that's probably not happening either. 
Uh, winds of power as charges, he's probably not worried about that. And then, of course, you've got uh, Warder Protection level 0 and level 2, which uh, Warder Protection is one of the best cards in the game. You do have to take a Horror, so you may not want to be playing that if you're planning on going the uh, 6 combat version of Hank, but uh, if you're playing the other version, taking a Horror in order to either prevent a treachery that is going to to hurt you or prevent a treachery that's going to hurt other players at the table is uh isn't a bad option as far as uh, the guardian spirit cards there are a whole bunch of uh, very good ones that uh, hank is interested in uh, you've got uh, get behind me which was released in the edge of the earth you've got get over here if you need to engage enemies uh, both versions of that uh, there's I'll See You in Hell if you want to take some trauma. There's I've Had Worse Level 2, which allows you to cancel damage and horror before you take it and gain resources, which is really good. Let Me Handle This lets him pull enemies and take treacheries from other players if necessary. There's a bunch of uh, combat options in like Clean Them Out, Counter Punch, Counter Punch Level 2. Uh, we've got some duds like Heroic Rescue and Mano a Mano, probably not playing those. But uh, you've got Monster Slayer, so if you want to do a bunch of damage. And you've got Stand Together, which is very good in, uh, mm -hmm. in multiplayer. And Sweeping Kick, which uh, lets Hank add his agility to his combat skill value, deal a bonus damage, and uh, evade an enemy. So... Uh, some pretty attractive cards uh, in the spirit level zero to two guardian pile for for hank to play around with yeah i think toe to toe if you're going the combat route is appealing to you as well if you're on your resolute side you can like take a damage gain two resources play this card teal two damage that feels pretty cool i think that the spirit trait feels very fitting i think like as far as what he wants to be doing with his card pool it feels very complimentary to his overall game plan. I think on, on both sides, right? You can you can play the sort of damage mitigating route with things like I've had worse and delay the inevitable. And then, you know, once once you get to that critical mass, you could play like fight or flight. And then fight or flight gives you this huge boost when you need it. Uh, you could go more into like test of wills and wards of protection. Maybe play the assistant if you wanted to like be more of a support role. I think Hank could do that pretty competently as well. It's like maybe you play some sort of like backup fighter character who has sort of like wards of protection and can evade things pretty well and can occasionally also get clues with like look what I found and stuff like that. So now that we know like what Hank like all of his deck building capabilities, like what sort of cards stand out to you guys as far as like hank cards Ooh, for me it's allies i like allies i mean the list of spirit and <laughs> innate and spirit cards that man from lang read there's so many good ones i mean it really depends it's like nathan said earlier he's so versatile in how you can build them that there's no like one card that's like oh this is definitely a hank card it's like it really depends on how you build them yeah, I think the I mean, the cards he has access to give him 
basically everything he needs, especially if you're playing him as a fighter. You've got cards like get over here to engage enemies off of other investigators or engage enemies that are far away from you. He's got damage mitigation, and I've had worse. He's got an ability to protect the group and let me handle this. If you need a little bit more combat than just having a, a pure six, you've got cards like Counterpunch and, and One-Two Punch where you can really dish out a lot of damage in a short amount of time. And then cards like Sweeping Kick as well is pretty good for him. I mean, you're not going to miss all that often if you're sweeping kicking something. Mm -mm. And if you're able to say if if you're playing multiplayer and you can sweep and kick a boss, chances are Hank is going to hit the boss and then automatically evade it as well. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else can pile on and and attack without too much worry of uh, of being uh, retaliated against is pretty nice. I think a card that um, interests me in Hank is Brute Force, which I know isn't like the most exciting card, but since he already has like a five or a six base combat, you know, you go up to like a seven or an even an eight, and then you deal three damage off a skill, that seems really good as well. Because survivors don't have a ton of ways of dealing burst damage like that. And so if you could, you know, save some of your more precious like spirit and innate slots for other things then having a card like a brute force might be pretty useful i would think like cherished keepsake may would even be useful in hank as well you know those like leather coat cherished keepsake those soak items that survivors have access to are probably pretty good as well since he can't heal he can always take more soak it would be nice if he had access to uh the guardian soak cards as well but such is life I think some other some other standouts. Uh, I've had worse. Has to be one of the best cards for him. I think that card seems really good. Face, you had mentioned um, you catastrophe as well. Obviously, you catastrophe is a great card for any investigator who has a great elder sign ability. But he he really needs it. He's uh, especially once he flips. Like getting that elder sign is the way to heal. It's the one of the only ways to heal, really. And you got the, his his uh, signature card, but that's not always super useful or it may come out at the wrong time. So really, you catastrophe is a way to like prevent that last bit of, you know, uh oh type of thing. So mm -hmm. I really I really think that's the that's a key card once he gets enough experience for him. Maybe experience he could earn through his pelt shipments. <laughs> Boom! That's right. Boom! No skin off my back. Well, he he <laughs> is a, a farmer at heart, so he can, you know, lots of yeah. lots of cow pelts and whatnot that he no longer needs. Mm -hmm. I like so, um, fire axe in him too. If you're playing oh, yeah, the warden no, side, good. like fire axe plus his oh. ability to gain more resources, pretty cool. Yeah, and we've I'm sure I mean these are just cards that we have currently available. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised he has full access to the the survivor card pool. I thought they would maybe limit him a little bit, but he has access to every survivor card and then plus all the survivor cards that are going to be in Feast of Hemlock Vale. So what was spoiled in the uh, preview article, I mean there's that pitchfork that you can throw 
and then mm. pick up, deal a ton of damage to uh, to enemies that way. There's baseball bat, there's the fire axe, like you mentioned, chainsaw. I think lit comes on later. There's the sledgehammer as well. So Hank can definitely uh, deal dish out a lot of punishment without having to dip into uh, dip into the guardian uh, weapons. I am a little disappointed that he can't take the uh, the boxing gloves, but that's just primarily because his uh, signature card shows him in a boxing pose, and so it seems like that would be fitting and of course boxing gloves works very well with the spirit cards man from lang he can't wear boxing gloves because he is a bare knuckle fighter my friend look at his boxing stance so he can't take brass knuckles either oh, bare knuckle fighter well but you could pick up that uh, that neutral card to get to uh to get uh, boxing gloves into the deck if you wanted to which might actually be worthwhile because it does allow you to pull spirit cards. So if you have enough spirit cards in your deck, it might be worthwhile increasing your deck size slightly to uh, to wedge a couple copies of boxing gloves in there so you can mm-hmm. both uh, fight a little bit better and then uh, search for those uh, spirit cards that you need to, uh, to dish out more damage. Um, one thing, since you mentioned upping your deck size slightly one thing to think about his deck size is already bigger than the average right Mm. because it's 35 i think that might be because of his his draw ability on the one side probably yeah so Mm -hmm. he can draw through his deck a little bit easier than than most survivors can Mm -hmm. where draw is a little bit weaker i'm looking through the survivor cards now perseverance is a card i would consider in hank too oh yeah yeah that's a good card able to cancel that damage and horror that's about to kill you precious memento composures even you might consider something like plucky in hank for one the stat boost and two that extra bit of soak that you can put on something else before you have to deal it to hank that might be useful protective gear even if you wanted to go like really ham into that sort of thing (laughs) i mean there's so many routes you can take with him like Mm -hmm. on the on the one flip side i mean you can you can go to take deliberate damage or deliberate horror or damage to draw cards. Like mm-hmm. it's there's just so many ways to build them. I really I really like investigators that have so many open options mm. and still be effective. So on a scale of one elder sign to five elder signs, one being least, five being most, of course. How many elder signs are you looking forward to playing Hank Simpson? I, I'm thinking like four. He looks really cool. Seems fun. I'd, I'd go with four as well. I think uh, I'll say five. Wah! Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that you have two different options to play. Yeah. You're it's sort really of getting, cool. It's like... You're sort of getting two investigators in one with him, and you can explore quite a few different builds, even just with Hank. I would say four myself. I was going to say four before you say anything. So I'm surprised that we're all on a four to five Elder Sign uh, level here. I feel like FFG knew, knew us as players when they gave us Hank as an investigator. <laughs> right. They're like, these guys like simple yet complex at the same time. And, you know, Hank <laughs> is like really kind of, he, he fills that niche really well. 
He really does. Yeah. Now, the preview article for uh, for Hank uh, Sampson also spoiled his signature cards. We'll just uh, take a look at them briefly here. His uh, signature asset or his signature event is uh, stout-hearted two-cost event with a willpower combat and wild skill icon. So you can potentially get two uh, two willpower or two combat depending on what you need. It has the spirit trait, which again is why I thought he might be able to play the boxing gloves because then you could fish this out of your deck, which would be awesome. Hank Sampson deck only fast play when you engage a non-elite enemy move up to two damage and or horror from Hank Sampson to an enemy to that enemy as damage. So here's Hank's way to heal basically uh, once per game. If you can draw this, you can move a little bit of damage and or horror. Why once per game? Well, if if you play if unless you have some way of getting it back. And because it is a signature card that isn't, a, you know, it's not a survivor card, so Hank can't get it back the traditional ways. Yeah. Basically, what had to try to get that puppy back. You'd have to cycle your deck, which might be possible yeah. with Hank's extra. They card made it draw, harder by making it thirty-five. But they made it harder when they boosted his deck size, so you're not going to get to play this often. But you know, two damage and or horror is uh, isn't yeah. bad. With that card, so my my thoughts on it are, you may get one use out of it throughout the entire campaign. I think, I'm I'm not yeah. being hyperbolic here because you have to have the two resources at the time when you need it. You have to have it in hand or draw it at the right time. You have to use it at the moment you engage the enemy. The enemy cannot be elite, and you need to at least have those two damage or horror. I mean, you you can have one if you want, but why waste this on one damage or horror? So you're, you're going to be on a flip side. So you have a very small window there of damage or horror that you're going to want to move. You have to have the two resources. You have to do it only when you engage that enemy. So you could be fighting that enemy, draw the card on your turn while you're already in the middle of fighting them. Too late. It just seems like there's a lot uh, going on. Conditional for you. It's going to make it difficult to make this card as useful. It's definitely a necessity in, in Hank once he flips. Because it's one of the few ways he can get rid of damage or horror, but th- there's so many like constraints to using it that it's I I, I have a feeling it's going to be like a once per campaign use. I mean that being said, like I think Nathan has a decent point there. Like you could easily evade an enemy, and then you know during enemy phase it reengages you, and you play it during enemy phase, and you could like get the damage off you that way. Like I, I think that is possible should you need it and i think in the situations you're going to need it it's you're probably swarmed so you evade one enemy and then you go and kill something else and then during enemy phase that thing re-engages you you placed out hearted and now you're in an okay mm-hmm. spot but I, I do think that vase is mostly right and that that situation probably won't come up very often it but... also prevents dark horse decks like i was thinking like initially dark horse would be great for the balanced stat line version the mm-hmm. warden stat line but come to think of it like you know if you're if, if you need the two resources two two is a lot to pay for this right so if you're playing dark horse you're not playing this card something else to think about mm-hmm. i wish it cost a little less like one resource it's i think it still would have been okay and not not like a game breaking card it does have good icons at least so you know, if you find yourself with it in your hand at the end of the game, 
you just you pitch it for for two good icons and it's it's sort of that insurance policy which it, like you said base is important to have so you're you're gonna be glad that you drew it just whether or not you use it to actually insurance save yourself policy. insurance policy but yeah that's the other thing it's like if if a treachery is the one it's the thing that's going to take out your damage or horror this is mm -hmm. you know there are scenarios mm -hmm. with less enemies and more treacheries so I would uh, like to point out to those who claimed that uh, Hank is a bare knuckle fighter. He is clearly wearing gloves in this, in his art. Mm -hmm. so, those are for um, for like doing the farm work. Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. He is definitely wearing gloves. <laughs> so why can't he wear boxing gloves and use a pitchfork? I don't see why that's not possible. It's so hard to grab a pitchfork while wearing boxing gloves. But or it any, is possible. Or any gardening tool. It is possible, I guess, yeah. So what about his signature weakness? Hank's signature weakness is Where's Paw? It has the uh, flaw trait. Revelation, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until an enemy is discarded. Attach Where's Paw to that enemy and spawn it at a connecting location, if able. Attached enemy gains elusive... Forced at the end of the round, Hank Sampson takes one direct horror. Now, has the elusive keyword been spoiled? I don't believe so. So, we don't know what elusive does. Elusive has been used in other uh, Arkham Files games. Typically, it's like something you would... It wouldn't engage... I sort of believe it may be like the enemy spawns and then Hank will actually have to move to that enemy and take an action to engage it. It just mm -hmm. won't engage him automatically, which would make yeah. sense because that would sort of add up to two actions worth of effort for Hank, mm -hmm. which is generally what basic weaknesses or signature weaknesses cost is two actions. Mm -hmm. Now this I one, remember... if you're playing, which is at the, if you're playing fighting Hank, man, oh man, you're going to need to deal with this fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or you are in yeah. deep, deep uh, trouble. One direct horror per turn is not uh, is no joke. Yeah, I think this weakness alone might have you reconsider mid game which mm -hmm. resolute form you take, because it's like if yeah. you can't deal with the yeah. enemy, you might be like, ah, oh, crap! Like I I have to go into the other, I have to go into the assistant form so that I survive long enough. Yeah, I mean the elusive keyword is the key here. Knowing what that does is going to make this a really really bad treachery or somewhat bad it's still bad regardless but mm -hmm. say say you're hank and you're it's your second action and you drew a card somehow whether you know a card gave you a card or something sure. and you draw this now you're almost out of actions or you're let's say that's your third action mm -hmm. you're out of actions you are taking one direct horror already and depending on what this elusive thing does what if the elusive makes the enemy move one location away from you as well so Oof. then now you're talking brutal because you're guaranteed to take two you're not going to kill this thing in the next round yeah so it that could be a very very brutal card to get <laughs> once you flip plus it's hank so has so little sanity for the most part it's like you could draw this take a direct horror draw an auto fail oh you're dead yeah it's it could be really really bad so definitely brutal the fact that it's direct i mean this might be too harsh Dep and again it depends on what elusive is going to be quick note about the artwork it is fantastic it is probably my second favorite artwork in arkham horror i think it really portrays just the despair that he has 
by seeing what's happening here. And just seeing the, you know, whatever's behind this obstruction. <laughs> I mean, it's really, really cool. And the angle too adds to like the impact of it. Like mm. just a slight angle that, that it was drawn or the illustration is the point of view is it's great. It, it just, but that contrast of like the door being open outside with the like yeah, dark foreground. Dark yeah. It's, it's great. It's so good. And then he dropped his, his hammer there next to him like mm-hmm. just you could see what happened like he see he saw what he's seeing drops and just runs and puts his hands on his face in absolute horror and despair it's great it speaks volumes i love it it's uh, really going to depend on that what that elusive keyword does but i hank uh, does have access to get over here which uh, just as a reminder you can engage fight choose a non-elite enemy at your location or a connecting location move that enemy to your location engage it and attack it depending what elusive does get over here might be hank's best friend at least this one like yeah it it hits you right in your weak spot but it also sort of exemplifies what hank is good at which is a really good balance in design with a with a weakness as a uh, solo player who uh, has a preference for the uh, six sanity hank this one uh, this one doesn't feel quite as bad especially if since you can if you're playing with peter sylvester to heal horror you can and then if you can get an elder sign even if you do take direct horror from this you can potentially move it around a little bit and mm-hmm. and hank's signature event does help here as well like if you you can move horror to enemies as well so if you do get unlucky and say have to take a a couple of direct horror and you're near death then you can uh, move that horror off hank to an enemy i should note that get over here only works on non-elite enemies so depending on what elusive does if you draw an elite enemy off the top of the discard, man, that would be uh, frustrating to say the least. Because then suddenly it's just like, oh, I had this plan to deal with the enemy, and now it doesn't work. But uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what elusive does before uh, we can actually say just how how bad uh, where his paw is. If it uh, just costs you a couple, like an extra action to engage an enemy okay not too bad if it forces that enemy to move away from you that's potentially uh, a lot worse if you've got to chase some enemy across the map holy cow that would be that'd uh, be very annoying that would be very annoying at least it's not like uh, zoe's uh weakness smite the wicked where the enemy spawns <laughs> Mm-hmm. far All across the, the map and then you would have to go chase it down that would be i think be hank horrendous. would be dead long before he uh he got there and just as a heads up i mean elusive we do know what it does that's disengage from each enemy with you and move to reveal location with no enemies so you know enemies are gonna be running around the board it's gonna be crazy oh, they're all gonna be rogues you know. <laughs> That would be brutal. I, I It probably is brutal. something like that, right? Where it's like, you know, you hit the enemy and then it disengages and moves. Oh, God, that would be so annoying. Yeah, especially with that weakness. That, that mm. can make or break your <laughs> your turn. It's uh, it's kind of like the uh, the Rougarou from the Rougarou scenario, where it's like every time oh, you yeah. hit the Rougarou, it moves away. It's like, God, that thing is so annoying. Yeah. 
this is definitely something you're going to have to take into account when you are building your uh, building your Hank Sampson deck because uh, when you've only got uh, four sanity or six sanity, you're not going to have. I mean, the other option is, of course, you wait until Where's Paw has popped before you flip. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be best case. Like you draw this early in the game. Mm you take a bunch of direct horror okay i die i flip i deal with the enemy before you know after that sort of thing so mm -hmm. that i think wouldn't be too bad but yeah getting this late game where you may not necessarily have the time to go be chasing enemies around that's going to do it for our look at uh, the Hank Sampson Investigator cards. I have to say cards because there's a whole bunch of them. There's uh, his basic card, his two uh, bonded versions, and then uh, we took a look at uh, Hank's deck building options as well. Let us know in the comments down below what you think about uh, Hank Sampson. Are you looking forward to uh, playing the new Survivor Investigator from... Uh, the Feast of Hemlock Vale. Special thanks to Fantasy Flight Games for providing the uh, spoilers. It is uh, always appreciated. Any final thoughts about uh, Hank Sampson and uh, his uh, bonded cards and or uh, deck building options? I am very excited to play Hank. He looks like a lot of fun. You stole my word. I was going to say very exciting investigator. Uh, those yeah. have both been stolen from me. Um, also excited. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.